And that the very beginning uh, parsha, so you start the second mimer. So it's on the uh, bottom left of the page. Yisab a midrash that is brought down in the midrash. Yisro Yasha b'chavodo shal oylam. Yisro, he was really, as we would say, sitting pretty. Right? He was really at the top of the world in his, you know, in his field. The Nadva Liban and his heart moved him. tohu to go out into a desolate place, the, the Midbor, Lilmo Torah, in order to go and study Torah. So he really had it all. He's a highly respected member of his society, and he had accomplished great things according to their standards, and he left everything in order to go to a desert and to learn Torah. Mitam shekavar ozav kol ha'olam hazeh. So Yisro had got to the point where he had already abandoned this world. He came through his own realizations of where he was coming from as to the lack of importance of this worldly things. He realized that on his own and in his own wisdom. And then he went on a kosher, on an appropriate and a good path. Therefore, in heaven's eyes, he was very honored and very respected. So what I find very beautiful about this is that you when know, Yisro came where he was coming from, he went through the Chachamim say every Avodah Zorah that there is. He went through it all looked at it all, but what was going on there is that he was honestly seeking. He was really looking for something. So therefore, each stop along the way, he ultimately looked at something, abandoned it, looked at that, abandoned it, until finally, 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 he found his relationship with a Kaddish Baruch So all those stops along the way were part of his journey. And therefore, when he got to that point, he was very respected in the eyes of heaven because that's what God wants a person to do. He wants them to do everything they can to seek and to search and to look until finally they come to their purpose in the world. Amongst all the nations in the world, he was unique. For all the people in the world at his time, not amongst Kla Yisrael, but outside of Kla Yisrael, he was unique amongst those who were outside of our religion. And therefore, when his heart moved him to become a member of the Jewish people, he had reached a very high level of subservience and subjugation. So this is an individual who has a lot in that world, realizes that, you know, this, this is not what I'm living for, gives it all up, gives it all up in order to be a member of the Jewish people, where maybe he'll be honored and maybe not, who knows. But he realizes this is the, this is the path of truth that he has to go upon. He, he, may, he may have a completely different stature in Klai Yisrael as, as he had, more so than he had previous in his life. He, he may be not a, the highest member of society like he was over there. And to give all of that up is is a great expression of Beetle. So he became a Ger 
Yes, he did. I mean, yes, he did. I always yes, thought it was ambiguous that no, he converted. Not recognized he recognized Hashem as the one God. There is this guy. Okay. Yeah. Some even learned that out from the, the Balaturim brings it down in the Pasuk from this week's Parsha Yisro. Vayichad Yisro. It's a very unusual word, Vayichad. So the most uh, common shot is that it's a lesson of Simcha, like the word Chedva. Gilarina Ditsa Vichedva. It's joy, Vayichad. Um, others say it means from the lesson of Achdus. And the Balaturim writes that he unified his heart to the one God above. And they learn out from there that he converted by Yichad Yisrael. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. But, but my question falls a lot along the line of Baruch who was, because doesn't he eventually step back and go back? He doesn't stay with the Jewish people. He goes back, but the Chachamim say in order to try and be Mashpia and influence where he came from. He does not go back in order to leave Kali Yisrael. He goes back in order to teach. So he steps back. Instead of just being somebody who is like a B'nai Noah, he doesn't just step back and try to give everybody a belief in one God. He steps back as a Jew and says... He wants, his, he wants his people, where he came from, to convert. Right. Okay. He wants them to become Jews. That's where I'm confused. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he did not abandon Klai Yisrael, but he saw himself as to having a different mission, and he felt a responsibility to the, the town where he came from, and his family. Now, having that in mind, this idea, there's going to be a certain thread here, and a kind of a very, uh, I don't know, a fascinating point here, a difficult point. Very difficult middish we're going to see in the next one. Uh, page Kuf Vav, bottom left-hand paragraph of the page. Uh, Isa b'midrash, it's brought down in the midrash, Kishanasan Yisro es Bito Lamosha. When Yisro gave his wife Tzipporah to be his wife, I'm sorry, when Yisro gave his daughter Tzipporah to become Moshe Rabbeinu's wife, Hisna Imo, he made a condition with Moshe Rabbeinu. Shayihiya ben harishon la'avodazorah. He says, I will give you my daughter as, as your wife on the condition that the first son you have to her is dedicated to Avodazor. Right. Now, as astounding as, as that is, it seems like Moshe Rabbeinu agreed. Right. So how could it possibly be? It's impossible to understand that Lefi Peshuta. Just by the way, in the previous mimer, if you look back here, because he quotes the same midrash in the very previous mimer, and I just want to read the brackets in the third line there, when the Chidusha Harim quoted this midrash, Vinislahi, I'm on the same page, same page, where, where we just, just move over a column. I'm going to read the brackets. Vinislahi ma'od, vitsak. It's okay. When the Rim said over this midrash, he became very animated and he cried out, and he put out his hand. And he said, I need no saying to kiyas kaf. I'm really willing to shake on this. Right? That what this midrash says is not really what's going on. And I will not pay attention to this midrash as its pshat seems to indicate, as its simple level. Words, it's impossible to say 
that Moshe Rabbeinu agreed to have his son go to Vodazor. It's impossible. And the Chidush Shereem says, I'll shake on it. Right? You yeah. can imagine being at the table then when the Chidush Shereem kind of stood up and said, let's shake on this one, right? That must have had a tremendous impact on the people. Now, again, that's not unusual in this respect. Midrashim are often not literal. That's not a, a big Chidush that, that it doesn't mean the Fipshuto. But his adamance about it is, I think, the point we have to right. take about how important not not to go down that path. Anyway, let's try and understand it. He says, "Umachmas onesh al hatanai," on account of a, a punishment for this condition that Moshe Rabbeinu, according to the Mishnah, to the Midrash, agreed to. Yatsamimenu Yonasan, a descendant of him came out called Yonasan. Who became a priest toward the idol of a certain person named Micha. So a few doros later, it says actually that this person came from Menashe, but the Chachamim say Menashe is Moshe. And he was punished by having a descendant as a priest to a certain Avodah because of this deal that he made with his father in law, Yisra. Okay, so granted, this is extremely hard to understand. But let's go further. The chi yesh hava amina ba'olam. That's an abbreviation. Hava amina. He says, could there possibly be even? Can we even entertain the notion? Shemosh Rabbeinu alav Hashalom yavtiach litein b'no la'avodazur. The Moshe Rabbeinu would agree to give a son over to idols. Chas Hashalom. God forbid. This can't be so. Ella. So how does he understand it? He says, each tzaddik has a certain derech, a way in which he serves God. It's a path. It's a path. A derech. And that's how he sees fit to serve the Rivona Shalolam. Va'osa derech bo'gidel chavivetzlo v'rotzeba. That derech in which this tzaddik grew Bogidel. he grew up he was raised he became great in that derech in life it's very dear to him it's precious to him and he wants it he sees its beauty Kamosha Amar HaChoza Milublin as it's brought down in the name of the Chose Sheshama Al Hamagid HaKadosh MiKajnitz that he heard about the Kajnitz or Magid a great tzaddik um, from that time as well Sheim Noseya Elav Ish Yashar V'Kashar the Kajnitz or Magid said if a person should come to me who is upright and a good person, I am prepared to make that person into a complete vessel and to become sholem, and I'm going to make him poor in order to achieve his shalemus. Because let this good person come to me as a rabbi, I'm going to make him a kli, I'm going to make him poor and then he's going to become a shalom. Right? So maybe you think, I don't want to go to that Rebbe, right? I'd rather become the, go to the Rebbe who wants to make me rich, and I'll be a chassid by him, right? So why did the Kajit Sermagid say that? Why was that his derech? V'zeh lama, ya'an shehamagid ha-kadosh ha-ya'oni ka'oni. He was poor. The Kajit Sermagid was very poor. And that's how he was raised, and that's how he grew up. So he saw all the advantages in Avodah Hashem of poverty and how good it was. So therefore he said, I can make someone become a Sholem, but he's got to go through this, this derech. 
So that's the idea. Hira'a es derech ha'aniyus k'derech ha'viva. So the Kajitz Ramagit saw the way of poverty as a precious path. He saw how great you could become through it. A lot of people would have difficulty with that, but that's how he saw it. Yisro. He says, now this is what was happening with Yisro. How did Yisro grow up? How did he get to where he got to? Through the path of Avodah Zorah. Right? He tried everything. He grew up and he grew great by means of testing out every Avodah Zorah in the world. He thought this is the right way for a person to really ultimately recognize one God, which he did, which he got to. You got to first go through all these steps. Got to go through that religion, that religion, this religion, this Avodah Zorah, until finally you come to realize God. So, so that's not so bad. Right? It kind of puts it into a different light. We, we, we realize where he's coming from. He doesn't want that son to be in Oved Avodah Zorah. He wants him to experience that path in order to ultimately reach God. But for Moshe Rabbeinu, this was the Chet. This is such a powerful lesson. He says, a Jewish person does not need to do this. It's not necessary for a Jew. He's going to say, it's even, it's even wrong. That if you're born a Jew, to go out and search every other way, and then get to Hashem, he says, it's not the Mahalach of a Jew. It's not how a Jew gets. So I get to what segment, right? Rak, Sheha Elokus Tisbarer, Be'itin De'oraitha, Be'eser Oz. Elokus means Hashem's godliness, Hashem's presence as Hashem, tisbarer. That will become clear. Be'itin de'oraisa, that means through the counsel of the Torah. Itin means etzos. Through the counsel and the wisdom of the Torah. Be'yeser oz, more powerful than it could be revealed by testing this and testing that, is the Torah itself and the mitzvot of the Torah. That is the mahalach of a Jew. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was punished with a descendant who ultimately worshipped Avodah Zorah. In this manner, now when he says in this manner, I'm not sure if he means he ultimately came to realize one God or if that, if that was his punishment because Mira Kenegin Mira. I'm not sure what he means. I think what he's saying is Taka, he eventually found God. Because he says, your, your path should be before God. Because this has nothing to it. This man, Yonasan, this descendant of Moshe Rabbeinu, he was telling people, serve Hashem. Your derech is in front of God because these, this derech, the one that I got hooked into, the Savodah does nothing to it. So it seems like he found his way back or at least he was prepared to, to telling people that. And he was saying that if a person tries to intellectually go through all the different paths and then ultimately find one God, he says the powers of Ra, the Klipos, will fight you even stronger if you do that.
In other words, entering into those realms in order to see it and get out of it, but even entering in itself puts a person at great risk. So I just want to tie it back to the first one for a minute. Yisro, you know, ha- was very kosher in the eyes of heaven, of heaven, like the first Mimer says. He went through all the Avodah Zorah and he found Hashem. Hashem, Hashem said, this is a great person. But outside of the Jewish faith, which he was at that point still, there's nobody like him. Because for him, that was the right Mahalach. But for Moshe Rabbeinu and for a Jew, that Mahalach doesn't go. Now that being said, we know many people in our times who were born Jews and who for some reason or another looked elsewhere. And they looked in Buddhism and they looked in uh, other places until finally they got out of it and they ended up becoming um, an observant Jew and, and finding Hashem. So you see like retroactively what their path was. And you can say about them, yeah, Taka, they were always searching. They were always searching. They went through this and they got what, got what they needed to, realized it wasn't right, and then came to Torah. You do have people who are like that, but we can only say that in retrospect. You can't say to a Jew, you know what, before you try out Tariq Mitzvah, give Buddhism a try, you know. You can't say that to a fellow Jew. And then you'll see what it is, and then you'll get to Yiddishkeit. If they did it, they did it. That's one thing. But it's not the Mahalach of a Jew. Why? Because the Rim writes, the relationship of clarity to Hashem through Torah and mitzvahs is much more powerful than the relationship of experimentation with other things and then ultimately coming to it. Moshe, you had a question before. Um, you said earlier that yeah. the upbringing of a Jew and Moshe, the Moshe upbringing wasn't, I mean, until he was three or four maybe, but once he was able to pass that, he lived in Paris House for the next 15, 20 years. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu, in his early life, was raised by his family. Right? He was raised by his mother because, because of his sister Miriam, she got him back. So we know he was there. In, when he was in the palace, you know, the truth is we don't know that in, in any way that he was taken in by Egyptian culture because his mother there, quote-unquote, was Basia. And Basia was a righteous woman. She was a God-fearing woman. So although he was there in terms of environment, and that he definitely was, he grew up in the palace of the king, but we have no indication that in any way did he accept that as a form of religion or a form of belief. And I would even think that it's more logical to say he didn't because of the time he spent at home till he was weaned and he was very precocious. <laughs> and then when he got back there, he was under Bhatia's uh, care. So I think he was kind of raised in that shelter, but his environment was completely Egyptian that he was around. And even a little bit of a riot to me is the fact that the very day he walks out of the palace, he sees what's happening to his brothers. He knows the Jews are his brothers. Didn't say he had to figure who are these people, what do they believe in, you know, and why is he hitting him, like, I guess I feel bad for him. As soon as he went out, the Torah writes, by Yar Losam, he saw his brother's troubles and he immediately killed that Mitzri who, killed, who, who was beating the, the Jew. So that says to me that the connection was there all, all the way through. It also says to me along the same lines that Moshe Rabbeinu knew a great deal about what was happening in Egyptian culture because he grew up inside of it. And just, this is a completely different topic but from, from psychological uh, observation, right? That he was not intimidated by them. He was not intimidated by the Egyptians. 
because he grew up in it and he knew what it was. People are intimidated by something which is foreign to them. They think it has power and they're not familiar with it. Once you're in it and you know what it is, then you, you have power over it. And I think that was just, if, if this is MS, that it just gave Moshe Rabbeinu it, that much more strength. Also, yes, Bert, sorry. Also, it seems always thought it was strange that after that happened, here it is, Pyro hears about it, it makes it a big deal. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Pyro was God. If he wanted to kill somebody, you know, he could kill somebody. And his son, the prince, would have that same thing. He wouldn't go after him and try to do harm to him because he killed a simple you know, even a high-ranking right. official, and that's there's why. something going it's on. Because of why? That he didn't fit into their society ever. He, he you know? realized that he favored the Jew. Paro realized that Moshe favored the Jew. He he smote this Egyptian because of what he did to the Jew. That's what was that's what was reported to him. Because otherwise, right? He's a prince. He could kill he could kill any Egyptian he wants to. He's a god, probably. You know, in their eyes. Right, but that's saying that's not to that something the in, even during that time he was growing up mm -hmm. set him apart because otherwise you know they were suspect of him right they had right. the, the midrash says they had they put the, the jewel in one right. thing and the coal oh. in the other thing there was definitely some suspicion there why is that we go back again to where the, by the midrash the deal is made between Moshe and Yitro. Yitro at that time again has, as far as I know, hasn't already developed the relationship to one God. This is back. He hasn't prior. converted yet. Right. Hasn't converted right. yet. Right. So I'm not quite clear. Not quite clear in the question. Right well, now. chronologically speaking, yeah, right? What so, does that really mean? Yeah, that, so how, I, how can we fit this into that? Right? I don't see how it fits. Mm -hmm. it, it says that Yitro wanted the son to go through the same path because he mm -hmm. thought that was there. Because at that time, I don't mm -hmm. see Yitro as on the path mm -hmm. yet. I see Yitro sampling many different things. Right. And I even read uh, under, on, I think, another Midrash that Yitro, we see, is already not favored by the people he's right. around because right. Moshe had to go to be a shepherd. Nobody would work for him. Because he was changing. Right. He was not, he was I think that's the point. I think that's the answer to your question. Okay. That he was not yet a Jew, but he did realize the futility of the Vodazora at that point, and okay. he rejected it. Yeah, that as, as you see, from just after what you said, that the shepherds were treating them poorly because Yisro had abandoned their Avodah So seemingly he had come to the recognition of God, although he had not converted yet. It's, it's a little bit like Hasidi Umas Ha'olam at that point. It's like a righteous Gentile at that point. He believes in one God, he rejects Avodah and that's how far he got. And it seems to me that would fit in with this, because he would be able to that make that yeah, negotiation at that point. Yeah. Abram? Right. Yeah. Wouldn't we just uh, this descendant of Moshe Rabbeinu went off on this path? Um, it seems to me that I'm gonna have a hard time with this because Moshe Rabbeinu and his family would have raised this child in a certain derech. They would not have encouraged him to say, "Oh, we're gonna raise you this way," but it's not important. It means nothing. You need to go over there and start all over again. You're gonna have a 15 year. We're throwing you out for 15 years. Go out and find something else. And then check in with us right. to see where you're at. Right. I, I can't imagine that happening unless you're being his family. Let me suggest a possibility, because the same question bothers me. So, according to the Midrash, if Moshe Rabbeinu agreed to this deal and 
the Chidush Harim is screaming to us that this is not the Sip Shuta, right? So, maybe it's like this. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say it, but I, I want to say it because it, maybe there's some merit to it. That you're raising a child and you're telling him that there is one God. There is one God. And with that knowledge that there's one God, I want you to look at that and compare it to monotheism. And I want you to look at that and compare it to monotheism. And then take a look at that of Odizora and compare it to monotheism. This is who we are. We're monotheistic faith. We believe in one God. But look at all those things and compare. Now, although I can't even imagine that they did that, but maybe Lefi, this Mahalaf, that that's one way of saying that there was some culpability because of the exposure to Avodah and the deal he made with Yisro, and he was punished for that, but at the same time it was with the intention of comparing it to one God and this way of life. And maybe in that respect we could kind of uh, look at it and say, Yes, he was looking out of Odizora, but only with the intention of bringing it into comparison with Hashem Echad. Hmm. It's a thought. I have, yeah. I have a thought on this too. Please. And I haven't thought about this before until just It's now. a striking, uh, striking but, idea. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, that this son... Um, it's a descendant. It's not really a son. Okay. It's a couple of generations later. Right. But, did, did Moshe Rabbeinu know this child? Oh, oh, you mean his own son? The, the, his Who? own son that he agreed to raise to a Yeah. Oh, okay, right. that's his son. Right? That's his yeah. son. Okay. He's, but he's not the one who went off the, the path. Right. It's It happened a few generations later that one of the great-great-grandchildren went off the path. Maybe they never... So, okay, now, now I'm confused. So this son that Moshe Rabbeinu had never went off the that's path? That's correct. But it was one of that person's descendants right. that went on. That's right. But the agreement was that Moshe Rabbeinu's son would go off the path. But that he would be dedicated to Avodah but the question is, what does that mean? Okay, so um, I can still direct that question. Okay. You know, we are, we're supposed to remind ourselves every pace off that, we, that we're coming out of Egypt. That we look at it in the first person. So maybe this child um, that Moshe Rabbeinu had, Moshe was telling him about his grandfather and explaining very carefully this dara that this that his grandfather Yisrael, Yisrael, mm-hmm. as a way of uh, as a way of redemption, as a way of coming mm-hmm. out of something, and the uh, and then later on this other child, this other descendant who probably had heard that story about this great ancestor of his may have said, okay, I'd like to experience that for myself and see where I end up. But the child was, the first, the child himself was learning about his grandfather in the sense of, in the context of he too was coming out of Egypt, but a different type of Egypt, because we're still dealing with restrictions and boundaries, you know, and all that, all those things. It's a nice idea. Well, we had a comment maybe on after, Mark and the Dutch. Maybe after it became a Jew, they broke the Tanai, but nevertheless, since Moshe made it originally, they even entertain that idea, then the Onish happened many generations later. But so it could be it was very short-lived, but right, so this negotiation. Become, 
Uh, over the, what the son, Gershon, or so my focus really which which, which one it was, right? Yeah. So if we'll say it was Gershon. He never became an Ovid of Uzzah, mm -hmm. but because you know, because eventually Israel became Jewish, and he, he was he denied. He, it. He certainly would re would say let's 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 set that deal aside. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's a good thought too. So maybe it just was uh, you know a short period of time in Mitzias that it was going on, or maybe. Because it was never said, the Torah never tells us that he. But, but it's midrash. Well, even in the midrash, right. there's no place that says that he had to have released. No, it does that. not say that. No. And so right. maybe the outcome was the descendant. The 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 pledge that had been made one way or another between Moshe and Yitro. Right. That was the. It had to be resolved, had to be resolved even after Yitro converted. Uh -huh. I hear. I it had to saying. come someplace. Okay. Maybe it's nice. easier to. So let me let me just get Mark. He's waiting for a long time. Yeah, I have an interesting question. Way back when. When remember when uh, Moshe was in the uh, basket and all the yes. denial, and then the princess found him yes. and said, "Oh, here's one of the Hebrew, quote Hebrew." You know, right. did she really think that she could try to make him <laughs> enter Mitzrayim? You know, follow her and all that, or she just said, "Oh well, I I I'll be very nice. I, I don't know what to expect." What was her expectation well, from a philosophical? She could try to. She seems to have had a compassion on him. You know, mm -hmm. that it, it was an act of compassion on him and on the Jewish people. Yeah. Because Batya was a, uh, a great woman, and an enlightened woman. So it seems to have been a real act of compassion and an yeah. authentic, authentically but good deed. had expectation, because this is the Pharaoh's well, daughter. I don't know we know that. I don't know that we have an insight into what her expectations were. It's an interesting question, though. Josh? In response to that, you know, she might have said, "This is a baby, and I can make whatever I like." But that's like saying, "Oh, this is a cute little kitten," but it turns out to be a tiger cub. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can raise a tiger cub like a kitten, but eventually, but he's going to be a tiger. <laughs> be, care be careful. <laughs> um, um, I, I just uh, had a thought about the. The aspect of going off the <coughs> path of one's family and, and that that it, I mean I, I'm not understanding this tonight, mm -hmm. that <coughs> a person from within a particular derrick may not have a clear view of other dropping, other paths, but he can see the corruption or the faults. Uh, the, the, the flaws in the one that, that is within, you know, if, if the parents are not completely, you know, uh, 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 on, on consistent, way, consistent with what they're with the, what they're saying, then, you know, that might drive a person to think, uh, you know, well, I know that this that we're on is flawed. Maybe one of those greener grasses mm -hmm. over there might have the right path so that uh, that that uh, that descendant you know and 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 plus you know you could say well i'm a descendant of Moshe Rabbeinu but there's this other path that also comes from my ancestor Yisra right you know it's like uh, you know, it's, so people say mm -hmm. you know i've got uh, i've got multiple sources mm -hmm. uh, you know maybe it's uh more subtle than maybe it's like when he agrees that Yisro says that he has his first son has to follow the path of the Right. Uh, maybe to Yisro at that time 
and he passed by the zone was a Vodazora. The Moshe agreed, but so he took him on a different path mm -hmm. than Yisro's. And his, that path was with, you know, with uh, Surf Hashem. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so maybe he agreed in a subtle way. It wasn't an untruth, in a sense, to Moshe, but still just by... Well, the, so the, then you'd be saying that, that in, in relationship to where Yisro was at, then monotheism was a Vodazora, right? Right. And so he says, okay, you know, it's a subtle, like, you know, realizing what's it's, going on. And even right. though that, that right. wasn't so straight, so right. maybe he got some kind of onish later for not just saying no way, but he really didn't break the promise. Right. So we're, we're stretching it very far, right? <laughs> We're stretching it far, but it's good. It's good that we're stretching it far because we have to grapple with this. But you know, it exists today. Yes. The same story exists today. Yes. I can't believe, you know, it's so yes, like... It's so today. It's so today. <laughs> right. I mean, if you go into any, any non-Orthodox <laughs> religious institution, such right. as a Sunday school, right. this is the this is what's going on in terms of stretching. You know, this this will take you... Somehow this is going to make you Jewish. Or somehow this is going to make you Jewish. Well, that's a different kind of a stretch, but that's... Uh, but it's, <laughs> that's just, no, it's very I, I hear similar. You go, go out, you right. know, check out all these things, and somehow right. you're going to mysteriously end up committed to being Jewish. Right. Whatever that means. Or committed. You know? And so, you know, it's like... Now I can understand... Actually, this helps me understand the back today that goes on, the model of us, between, you know, different groups of Jews in terms of... What they say to each other and how they, you know, what, what their feelings are about what's going on in the different camps. And how are you under the comment before? Yeah. Um, um, which may have nothing to do with this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Um, I'm a little confused. When Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Mitzrayim with Zippor, she gives Bris Mila to. The, on, on the way. On, on the, the way, way down right. there, right. And then I thought I overheard in the Kriya this morning that Yisro joins up with Moshe with Zipporah Correct. and the two boys. Right. When Aaron Akolin met Moshe Rabbeinu and he said, why are you bringing your wife and children with you to Mitzrayim? Isn't it enough what we're enduring there that they have to endure it also? Uh -huh. So Moshe sent them back to Yisro and they didn't come down to Mitzrayim with him. So then when they left, Mm -hmm. Then Yisro brought Zipporah and the children to meet Moshe Rabbeinu. So that means that there are two Yidim in the world at that time that physically did not experience Yisius right. and Mitzrayim. Right. Right. And maybe... And uh, uh, Gershon and Eliezer, right? Moshe right. Rabbeinu's children, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. right. Gershon and Hashem. Uh, Eliezer. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He found his wife as a third. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Now, although she was a Gioris, yeah. right? But she was a so she th is. certainly a Jew. Yeah. Right. So there's three, three that did not experience it, and maybe that's that that the question was: Are they going to be with Moshe um, and um, see Hashem firsthand, or are they going to be hanging out? with Yisro in the land of Avodazara. Um, so in some ways, it, it kind of pans out that they don't have the experience of the direct experience that the Dordea up to that point had because they didn't experience it. I didn't see it, that's right. It's a really, really interesting point. It's an interesting point that we have these people who didn't experience what everybody else did and they're Moshe Rabbeinu's children. 
of all people. And, 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 we'll we'll say the and interesting. And we see at the and end. So also their descendants have a little bit of influence uh -huh. that they didn't physically. And we they were there as much as we were, so to speak. And we see at the end they really kind of step out. We don't have much more mention right. of his children. Right. Right. Back to your Yeshua. Right. They did not, did not rise to that stature. Yeshua did. Motion? I should go online to what you said earlier. That he's still growing up in Moshe's house. So you've got like the leader of Kal Yisrael. If he goes, oh, this one they don't good look at He's got like a good person to like asking questions right. to, right. to get answers from mm. and to battle and to stay on the Jewish side like you got the strongest source with him so right <laughs> right the source uh, yeah. like you can serve any of what is already you want to try to find your path basically but you know, you're going to bring it we'll back we'll talk about it we'll <laughs> talk about it how do you feel about that and then you can just swing it around so we think even then right even then right. we're cautious about it right. well, I mean, we, we can't we can't take that path as a little time feeling and there was a period of time Moshe was not there with him while they were Right. And Yisro did an amazing thing also. Yes. He was left with two Jewish children. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't yet a Jew. He returned them to their people. And we see, uh, saw a lot of things the opposite of this mm -hmm. during the Holocaust. Right. The Jewish right. children were left with non-Jewish families that say that who were also okay people as people. And somehow, you know, they couldn't return them, wouldn't return them, you know, they Back wouldn't to their keep people. their promise, right. you know, to where they belong. Right. So you have to look at, you know, that mm -hmm. you have, even that alone, sure. you have to say that Yisro is a great person right. and merits honor, you know. Yeah, very, very nice point. I'm sure you're familiar with that, that uh, very poignant uh, chapter in history when, right after the Holocaust, when there were people going over to Europe and trying to rescue Jewish children from uh, Catholic uh, schools and and uh, orphanages. <clears throat> and a lot of times they would come in and, and ask to see the Jewish children. They were told there aren't no Jewish children here. And then they would say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Elokeinah, Hashem. They would start saying Shema. And they'd look for the kids who would turn to them and say, Shema Yisrael. And that's how they they got the kids because that was the one thing that they remembered. Yeah. Look what's going on now with this whole controversy uh, topped up with that cardinal. Yeah, yeah, he's a, a Jewish cardinal. Right, right. He grew up uh, as a, his father, you know, was a, so he must have was a from Jew. I don't know if he was from or not. I just, I, I just don't know. But he is Jewish. Well, right, or something was wrong. And, they uh, said that his father wouldn't talk to him yeah. after, you know. Before he passed away, I read it, you know. Yeah. What's the controversy? Well, he's uh, he's up there. And that's mine for the Pope. He's, they say he's one of those who's up there. Yeah. That would be so, Is he so still strange. A he's a Jew. Right. He was a Jew. He's a Jew. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, think I, that's I, I just I have I have just a minute. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I've shot this 